guys sound beautiful. Also, they're letting me talk at church. This like, do you know how many people had to be gone for this to happen? Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pressure. Okay. Um, I'm gonna read Psalm 33, verses one through five. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. coming through? Okay. Hey, everybody. My name is Jonathan. I'm the worship pastor. Um, I'm so thankful for the worship team, and I, and I know it's part of it, so this seems self-aggrandizing, but I'm not. Like, I was, I was easily the worst part of that ensemble just now, and so um, I'm so thankful to Diana, who sings and leads so well, and Shane. Who knew? Like, who knew? That guy just wasn't a pretty face and like a perfectly shaped head. Um, so, uh, uh, I'm so thankful. I've been in a lot of churches, um, and, and man, they, churches this size usually just doesn't have what, what God's blessed us with, that there's three people who can play keys, there's three people who play electric, there's, uh, three people who could, who, who could stand in if, if I am not, we have three drummers, we have Three bases, like it's it's amazing that that God's blessed us so much, and uh, and I've also been in a lot of churches where the worship team, if I'm being honest, they're kind of turds. Like <laughs> they think they are it, and they have like the little green room, like don't talk to me, I'm on the worship team. Anyways, that's not their hearts. They are humble. They love Jesus, and I'm the only joker up here getting paid. They're all volunteers. So um, I'm just so thankful for our worship team. Um, uh, the title of this message, I titled Praise Matters. And I was trying to sort of have, you know, be cute and have a double meaning because praise matters. It, it has value and it has significance, but also there's matters of praise that I'd like us to address that I think Psalm 33 adequately addresses. Um. As a worship pastor, I, I, I love this psalm. If you were here last week and, and, and Jayton spoke and he did a fantastic job, um, he was sort of like, oh my gosh, what psalm do I pick? It was this one they're all taking. Huh? And, I mean, that wasn't exactly how he sounded, but that was the gist <laughs> of, of his whining. And <laughs> that, that wasn't mine. I, um, I came to Psalm 
33. And, and part of it is your worship pastor. I want to I I peel back the curtain and, and show you some of the motivations of why we do what we do. Like maybe you're a visitor and you just, you just came and you're like, why are they doing a giant sing-along? Like the, all that's missing is a little ball bouncing on the words. What are these grown adults doing this for? So, um, so just, just a little peek into that. So here's, I'll give you the outline from the jump. Here's my four points. Who we praise, how we praise, why we praise, now we praise. Okay, that's the, that's the four things. Admittedly, the first two, they don't take very long. Like we're going to done with point one. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to Texican early. Sorry, no, third, the third point's going to be a little more beefy. Um, so, uh, but the first two will go quickly. So first of all, who we praise. So let's start right from the jump in verse one. Sing joyfully to the Lord. We sing to the Lord. And you're like, hey, Jonathan, that's kind of obvious. We're in church. I, I get it. I know. But it's easy for us, even in our singing to the Lord, to not sing to the Lord. Um, song selection, the songs that we would sing would worship the Lord. It, like, I don't know if you listen to modern worship, but some of them get a little sideways and can start worshiping ourselves. Um, I'll have you know, like we're, we're celebrating 4th of July on Tuesday. I love 4th of July. Wimberley has like a downtown parade. I'm so stoked. Um, I love fireworks. I love our nation. And at a, at a sporting event, I sing the national anthem loud. I'll even get a little teary if it's a good one. Um, I'll, uh, America the Beautiful. In a seventh inning stretch, God bless America. I love those songs. I want you to know, we'll never do a patriotic song here. We sing to the Lord. That what we do here as followers of Jesus, it, this purpose is, is, is higher than a man or a woman. We would never want you to worship a pastor. We would never want you to praise a personality. It is higher than an institution, Republican or Democrat or denomination. And it is higher than a nation, even a nation that would give us the freedom to do what we do. And we are thankful. What we do here is we sing to the Lord and to the Lord alone. We sing to the Lord. The next part of verse 1 is really what made me love this psalm. Sing joyful to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Now y'all might not be looking at the same version I am. This is the um, NIV, nearly inspired version. <laughs> Just kidding. I love the, I love the NIV. Um, ESV says it befits, which is a great word. Find some time this week to use the word befits. It befits. Um, but if you have a King James or a New King James, it might say comely or beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, I want you to know this word that, that, that the NIV would translate fitting it's not just the word beautiful. This word is used, this Hebrew word, naveh, is used about six times in the Old Testament. Two of them here in the psalm, four of them in um, Song of Solomon. Which, when it, when it would talk about his bride being comely or beautiful. But, it's, but the word beautiful is lots of places in the Old Testament. Why is this one different? Because it's not just being attractive. It's not just having a, a, a good physical form. It's about, it's, 
It means well-designed. Well-designed. Another translation is feeling of home. That, That when we praise the Lord, it's what we were made to do. It's what we were designed to do. It's where we belong, so to speak, if you were translating it with a feeling of home. Throughout the week, brothers and sisters, I don't know what it is you do. And even less so, I don't know your spiritual walk. I don't know how much of your week you're sort of in the will of the Lord, dying to yourself, or if you've stepped outside that will and lived for yourself. If you're like me, it's about a 60-40 clip. But I know that when you're here and when we are praising the Lord, we are doing exactly what God made us to do. We are in the center of His. This is why corporate worship is so important for the believer. I um, am, look, I'm a Spurs fan. Any other Spurs fans? Okay, sorry. They all came to first service. Never mind. <laughs> and it's been a rough patch for the Spurs. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it's, been a, it's been a challenge. I blame it all on Kawhi Leonard. It's all his fault for leaving. Anyways, but they got, they're so bad, they got the number one pick in the draft this past year. And they got this guy named Victor Wibinyama. I think that's how you say it. And they're calling him Crown Vic. He is 7'5". Seven, five. And he can shoot the three. And he can dribble a ball. And he can go down low. They're saying he's going he's gonna to like change like the, the Spurs organization and, and, and basketball. And I'm really excited. And you look at him and you go, that guy was made to play basketball. Like, it, like it, at 12, they should have said, you know what, enough with math. We're just going to focus on basketball with you. And make sure you can read a little. Because you're made to play basketball. I don't think so. I think he's a well-educated man. But I'm just saying, you're you're made to play basketball. The the, the truth is, that's the outward form. What Victor Wimanyama was made to do is praise the Lord. Um, and, and, And I know that you have gifts and you have skills and you have callings that God has individually placed on your life. But universally, this is something that we are designed... It is fitting that we would praise the Lord. Okay, so that's who we praise. Point one, right there. Next one is how we praise. Now, I need you to know that this psalm is not exhaustive. That's something I don't mention because it's not in this psalm is not also a form of praise. Praise is not just singing. Praise is not just musical. I know that the context of this and me being the worship pastor... Um, uh, 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 it's going to have musical elements to it. Uh, two, verse two: Praise the Lord with the harp; make music to Him on the ten-stringed lyre. Let me get back to here. On my, there we go. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully, and shout for joy. Sorry, my um, um, <laughs> my phone is. Hey, when you preach, silence your phone. It's a nice thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's common courtesy. <laughs> okay. So, 
We praise him. One of the ways we praise him is with instruments. We praise him with instruments. Okay? And these are the instruments we use. Now they mentioned a harp. We don't have a harp. We don't have a harpist. We don't have a 10-string lyre. I think a 10-string guitar would be legit. That'd be amazing. We don't have a 10-string lyre. Um, other instruments mentioned in Scripture, a shofar, which is a horn, a drum, a timbrel, a flute, a cymbal, a trumpet. Do you know bagpipes are mentioned? I mean, it's not like, you know, Scottish with a kilt. Bagpipes. But, it, you know, it, it's pipes and it's, it's attached to a bag. So I guess it's a bagpipe, but it doesn't give the same sound. But those were all instruments of the day. Instruments that made popular music in ancient Israel. And so it was instruments they used. We use the instruments of the day. There is no instrument more holy or more sinful than another. I'm trying to convince our pastor a banjo isn't of the devil. <laughs> I, really, I really think if we had like a brew, bluegrass Sunday, he'd be like, you know what, I'm gonna just going to greet the latecomers <laughs> today. So um, we use the instruments of the day. Um, and I love how it says, sing to him a new song. We, we, we praise him with new songs. Um, now, it doesn't say sing to him an old song. The Bible never says that. But this obviously isn't saying, if it's an old song, don't sing it anymore. It's, it's not saying that because the Psalms are songs that are old songs and they are worth repeating. Why does it say this? This is mentioned eight times in Scripture about singing a new song. Think for a couple of reasons. First of all, we may, not, we may sing old songs, but praising our Savior should never get old. Okay? Should never, should never get old. We should never get bored with worshiping God, with walking out this faith. The, um, parents are going to be with me on this one. You ever, um, it's like Christmas morning. And there's like some present you got your kid. And it says assembly required. And you spend like, I don't know, like 45 minutes putting this thing together. And your kid plays with it with easily 90 seconds tops. Right? They're just like, on, I want a piece of candy now. No, you will at least spend as much time playing with this ever-loving thing as I spent putting it together. I don't care if you stare at it. You will spend 45 minutes alone with this thing that you asked for. Merry Christmas. So, <laughs> that's... Kids have short attention spans. My gosh, how often are we bored? We look for something else to entice us. look for something else to be exciting. When, man, we were made, we were made to praise the Lord. We're made to follow him. And, 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 and brother, sister, you are bored. You're doing it wrong. Just need you to know. The, the, the faith he has called us to, the life he has called us to, it is not a boring life. It should not get old. But the other reason think we sing a new song is because our God is inexhaustible. His goodness is so good that it deserves another melody. 
His holiness is so holy that it deserves another lyric. That there's never a time where all the songs that have been written or, or could be sung about our God, they're, they're done. No, they're not. It, it's never enough. His mercy's never tapped out. His love never runs dry. And so our songs that we would make to worship Him, there'll always be new songs. Today, we sang a new song. And I know when I sing a new song, you're like, oh gosh, it's a new song. Like, I know that. I've been in the congregation. I know that. And so, but we sang a new song. I try, I'm not lying, I try to introduce about 20 new songs a year. That's, if you're like, why are we always, that's why. I want us to sing a new song. Um, I want us to fall in love with a new song. And I know sometimes new songs don't land well. And I'll scrap them. Like, ah, that didn't, that, that went one way in my head and a different way out here. And, and I'm fine with that. But we sing a new song because our God is worthy. He is inexhaustible. And then it says play skillfully. It says play skillfully. Um, okay, so, okay, look, okay. The worship team is like the, like the one team that we have at church you can't just roll up on. You can't just show up, hey, I want to be in the worship team. That's not how that works. You could do that with like, my gosh, they, they, they need people to, to love on kids. They need people to greet, to serve coffee. And those are what we, you know, sort of entry level if you want to be on the worship team, there's an audition. There's an interview process. There's, there's a level of commitment that I need to see from you. The, these, this team shows up Thursday at 7.30 until for about an hour and a half, we go over the songs and the set list and the transitions and how it's going to be arranged. And then they show up at 7.30 in the morning today before first service to go through them again. And we sound check. And it's not just, it's also the media team, like Marvin's doing sound today. You can't just roll up and go, I want to do sound. <laughs> no. Mm. So, like, there's, there's a skill level involved. Why is that? Also, I want to know, want to let you know that uh, the Bible says make a joyful noise. And it never says to sing skillfully. Why this? The purpose of this psalm is a corporate setting. So let's say... Um, Anybody here like learning an instrument? Like you're just wanting to, yeah, sort of. Okay, I got you. Okay, back in the back, David Jacob, I got it. So, um, and, and when you're learning an instrument, look, it's not good. If y'all play instruments, you know in the beginning, it's, it's a hot mess. Does that mean like, because I, 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 I'm not skillfully, I can't praise the Lord? No, 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 that's not what it's saying. It's saying work on that because when we get in a corporate setting, I always tell the band, we don't want us, I don't want us to be distractingly bad, and I don't want us to be distractingly good. Okay? That we would just create an environment and create a musical setting that would um, pave a way, so to speak, for you to praise the Lord. That's, uh, we want to set a tone, get out of the way, let your heart and the Holy Spirit do what it needs to do. Um, and so it says, please, skillfully. Um, he's worthy of our best. And, and, and also, I want you to know, they also have to practice their parts. We have an electric player, Ben Fest. I love the guy. He's always like, what are the songs? Because you know I'm going to like, I need to practice these parts before Thursday. So they're taking time out. They're coming home on the week they're scheduled, practicing, making sure they know. So they show up Thursday and they're ready. Like it's, it's a commitment because God's word says play skillfully. Then it says with shouts of joy. I'm not going to say anything about that except we just need to shout more as a church. 
I don't know, when we became demure and, you know, sometimes I look out there and y'all are the frozen chosen. It's just, it's just, um, <laughs> that, that we would be exuberant, that we would, we would shout sometimes, that we would sing his name. So that song, that new song we did at the end, and I know Diana, she, she, she sings higher than most. I get that. Like, I know that. But that it, it, would, it would evoke a shout. To the nations, I'll witness it. That there would be moments where we just, we can't contain it anymore. Okay, that is how we praise. Now, that's, okay, point one, point two. Third point, why we praise. So, verse four and five are really a, a little summary of verse six through 19. So, four and five is a little quick description, and then six through 19, it breaks it down a little more. So, read verse four and five of the right psalm. It's over here. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. So, while we praise, first thing, the power of his word. We praise him for the power of his word. It says in verse 4, for the word of the Lord is right and true. We would sing songs that would either quote or be inspired by the word of God. I mentioned before about how modern worship can get a little sideways, man. So I'll tell you something I do a lot. I change lyrics to worship songs. So if you ever like on the radio and you're like, that's not how it goes. No, that's kind of how it goes. I changed it. There's a song we did last week called Gratitude. Love this song. The bridge says, oh my gosh. The bridge says, um, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me. Um, lift up your song, for you have a lion inside of your lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. That's what the song actually says. And, 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 and when, I, when, I, when I read that, when I listened, I was like, oh my gosh, this song's beautiful. But this moment, this moment makes me think that there's something inside of me that I've got to get excited about so, so I can be worthy enough to praise the Lord. There's something inside of me in my lungs. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> so I changed it to, you have a lion, capital L, inside of your heart. That it would evoke, no, 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 we praise because the God of the universe has taken up residence in our soul. Not because there's some inner strength. I've got to get up and make it like, so anyways, I'll do that a lot because we never want to stray from this. The good parts and the bad parts. Not that it's the bad parts, but the challenging parts, you know what I mean. Um. Okay, so six through nine is going to expand on this word of God thing. I said four through five was the summary. So six through nine is focusing on the word of, the, uh, the word of God. By the word, verse six, of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. I love that. I would underline that and memorize that. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. You might have 
There's, there's, there's a phrase um, that you, know, you might see on a bumper sticker or a T-shirt or, or, or a social media post. It says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And it's nice, but if we're being honest, we don't need the I believe it part. God said it, that settles it. Whether, whether I'm on board or not, God said it, that settles it. His word is powerful. Church, every, every mountain, every human, every animal, every ocean, every raindrop, every rainbow is a voice spoken. Not a voice, is a word spoken by the voice of God. I was, um, I was uh, recently um, on a beach vacation in May, went to Port Aransas, that's our jam. And look, I know, you, you know, I know, I know about Texas beaches. Like, I get it, I get it, I know. <laughs> They're not like the rock stars of beaches. I've been to Playa del Carmen and, and Cozumel, and I've been to Destin, I've been to some... Like, and I get it. I get. It. I know what Texas beaches are. There was this one day, though, where the water at, at Port A was so clear. I was blown away. We've, we've been there tons of times. We we could walk out to like our stomach, and we could see our feet. It was so. Which is like, have you ever been to Port A? That ain't. That doesn't. That doesn't go. That's not a thing. I don't know what happened. I don't know if like the seaweed pulled all the sediment out but it was so beautiful and I was sitting there like in a beach chair and an umbrella I probably should have been watching my kids but they can swim except for the littlest one but he was here um and I was just struck by it now the thing is is that on that beach there were lots of other people and I can only assume that some or most of those other people did not name the name of Jesus. Heck, I bet even some of them didn't even believe God made the ocean. But they were still sitting there enjoying the ocean. Still sitting there caught up in the awe and wonder and vastness that was the Gulf of Mexico. But see, for the believer, our awe and our wonder doesn't stop there. It moves to praise. For the unbeliever, they would look at it and go, man, that's a pretty ocean. What a pretty day. I can't believe it's that clear. You can't believe it's that clear, honey. No. And then that's where it stops. But I'm sitting there and I go, oh my gosh, God, thank you. Because I know what's behind the ocean. Not like, like behind it, but you know what I mean? Like, What's beyond the ocean? That there was a God who made that ocean. And that same God who is that powerful and that good wants to be in relationship with me and wants to talk to me and send his son to die for me. So like we don't stop at the awe and wonder. It, it moves to praise for us. When you're looking in the eyes of your spouse, God, thank you so much, husband or wife, for what you've done for me. But we get to go beyond that. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for making this person who is beautiful. 
for arranging situations in our lives that we would meet. That I would get to go, hey, and she'd get to go, huh? And like fall for my stupid game. <laughs> and then and give me children. Like, thank you, God, for that. Gosh, if this week you have like an amazing steak. Like, and you, you know, you cook that thing medium, because if it's any more than that, just get chicken. (laughs) Quit doing that to people. (laughs) Anyways, you have some amazing steak. It doesn't just, you don't just thank the cook or thank the chef. Like, there's a God who would give us taste buds. Think about that. To enjoy food. That didn't have to happen. Not all other created beings taste their food. Gives these taste buds to enjoy. We get to go beyond the wonder. That's why we sang the song, Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go? Our God's word is powerful. So we, we praise him by the power of his word. Then we praise him, let me get my notes, for the power of his works. It's the second point, starting in verse 10. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blesses the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. For the heaven, from heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. We praise Him for the power of His works. Church, God sees. He sees all. And He acts. He is not surprised by anything that has come about. Church, in an age of anxiety, in an age of fear, gosh, we dare not get caught up in, in hand-wringing and despair and all hope is lost because of who was elected. Or what some foreign dictator might do. Or how the UAB owns all the oil. Or whatever sort of topic you want to get into. That we'd give up. We'd fall prey to that. We serve a God who holds every nation and the leader of every nation right here. And He is in control. He ordains. And we are His people. Now, um, 12 blesses the nation who God is the Lord. I'm not getting nationalistic. This was to the nation of Israel. But the people He chose for His inheritance, I want you to know that in 1 Peter... It calls us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And first Peter is quoting the Pentateuch, but he applies it to the church, the blood-bought saints who follow Christ. That he has chosen us and he is for us. Look, and I get it. That we would live in a society whose, whose popular narrative is so often 
is going to push against the gospel. Look, that ain't new to us. <laughs> That's been every generation. Okay, yeah, let's say from like, I don't know, 1900 to, to 2010, it was kind of popular in the nation to, to, in America to be a believer. There, you know, there, there, there would be businesses that would put a little fish on their door. Every elected official and every CEO would attend some kind of church. Why? Because it was societally benefit, benefiting to be under the name of Christ. Okay, well, those days are gone. What we're not going to do is, oh, we, 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 why wouldn't it back like it was back then? They're gone. And just so you know, like, like back then wasn't great for everybody. <laughs> like, we're here now and God has put us here now. And so we, when we start wringing our hands and getting nervous about what the future hold, or the climate of the culture, or for what challenges our children might face. You know the answer? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Remind your heart through song and your voice that He is in control. That He sees, He knows, and He acts. That is the God we serve. We praise Him for the power of His works. And then we praise Him for the depth of His love. Starting in verse 16. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. He's saying, how great is your love? We were made to worship, back from verse 1. We were designed to worship Him. But I need you to know that the throne of your heart is never empty. If the Lord's not sitting there, something else is. The, the, the object of our worship, that space inside our soul, it's never a vacuum. Something is always filling it. I like how it says in 16, no king is saved by the size of his army. Are we putting our hope in our resources? Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have an amazing retirement. I'm going to watch so many whales come out of so many waters <laughs> or I'm going to sit in a separate bathtub of my I don't know what that's about it's a weird commercial but I'm going to have an amazing retirement is that, what we, is that what we're putting our hope in look at the size of my house oh, finally I got the house I got the house I always wanted on the lot I always wanted is that what our hope is in Retirement's not bad. Nice house isn't bad. Like, but is that what your hope is? If that was taken away, would you still have reason to praise? I think is the question. 
if that was removed. I'm not saying it wouldn't be hard. There wouldn't be grieving. But would you still find reason to praise because God is still on His throne and He still loves you. We would hope in His unfailing love. No warrior escapes by His great strength. So okay, maybe your hope isn't in your resources. Maybe your hope is in yourself. I got, I got amazing intellect. I've got great skill. Or I'm strong. Or I'm attractive. Or is your hope in yourself that, that I will be my Savior? I will pull my, you know, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger, or whatever silly saying you want to say. As you're hoping yourself, I, I would say that the, the air we breathe in our culture today, I would say this is it. I would say we would place our hope in our own authenticity, in our own identity. We would say that's the, the mecca, the highest calling, the highest thing you can do is be authentic to yourself. Church, we are sinners. Like, I know Shakespeare said, to thy own heart be true. No. <laughs> no, Hamlet. No. Um, we would be true to the Lord that our, our greatest happiness, our greatest joy, our, our most fulfilled life will not be pain-free, but gosh, it will be found and putting our hope in Jesus and Jesus alone. A horse, this is a great verse. <laughs> Memorize this one too. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. Again, that the popular notion of the day, army with the most horses wins. Like used to be armed with the most men, but now it's like armed with the most horses wins. We're gonna kind of run over your men, and or if like it, it starts turning the tide, I'm on a horse, I can flee, I can get away, I'm gonna outrun you. Will we put our hope in what's popular for deliverance for the day? And man, that there's so many answers to that question for our culture. What would be popular to say is deliverance today to put your hope in? If it's not Jesus, it's, it's going to fail you. Because we have hope in his unfailing love. Okay, that was it. <laughs> so, you're like, wait a minute, bro, there's three more verses. I know that. I know that. Um, the last three verses, I want you to see they have collective language. Verse 20, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing, unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Everything about these verses is collective. That's because the way this psalm was set up, you would have a song leader and would say, okay, here's the, here's the why we would worship the God, our God. Here's how we're going to do it, who we're going to do it to, why we're going to do it. Now let's do it. That's the fourth, praise, fourth point. Now we praise. So I want us to sing 
these few verses. So I wrote a little melody to these three verses. Like, it's not, it's, it's not great, so don't, you know, don't pop out your phone and start recording. It's, it's not. Um, but, uh, but I want us to sing these. So I'm going to, uh, Shane, I'm going to grab your guitar. Did this do okay, Marvin, with the lapel last time? Okay, great. So... Y'all hear that? Is that coming out? It's weird being behind the speaker. You don't hear anything. Um, so, um, so I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing. Only because, like, you sound better when you stand. And, uh, but you don't have to stand. But I don't want you to hurt yourself, like, singing loud, sitting, and, and get a cramp. Um, so I'm going to sort of do this first thing. You'll pick it up. It's really easy. rejoice, hearts rejoice, for we trust his holy name. Isn't that again? That's how that goes. Oh, we will wait for the Lord, for the Lord, for he is our help and shield. Oh, in him our hearts rejoice, hearts rejoice. For we trust his holy name. May your love, Lord, be with us. May your love, Lord, be with us. May your love, Lord, be with us as we put our hope in you. That's the whole thing. Oh, we will wait for the Lord, for the Lord. Sorry. Our help and shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, hearts rejoice. For we trust His holy name. May your love May your love, Lord, be with us. May your love, Lord, be with us. May your love, Lord, be with us. As we put our hope in you. As we put, as we put our Hoping you that sound fantastic. Thank you. I tell you what, Jonathan, you keep playing that, you'll be a good worship leader one day. <laughs> I think he should I think he should keep doing that more Almost often. You go to Bickham.com and download oh, stop. <laughs> I don't know what's at Bickham.com. Don't go there. No, I don't, don't go to that. I don't no know idea. what's there. It is not owned. Erase that from the uh, okay. Anyway, what I know there's one thing that, that, that Jonathan said, at least during the first service, was that wonder leads to praise. Who are you in wonder and awe of? That's who you will praise. You're in awe of yourself, and that's going to lead to self-centeredness. 
you're all in awe of God, that leads to praise. Mm. Well, I think, actually, you're a great worship leader. I think you should preach for us, is my opinion. <laughs> well done, Jonathan. And one in the Shane Helm. Thanks, Shane, for leading us in worship this morning. And the team, they did a great job. I love it. After I read this, and I'll close in prayer, and if you want some time of prayer, uh, I'll be up front, and Jonathan will be up front. We'd love to pray with you. But I want to close with this verse. Psalm 32:11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. You alone are worthy of our praise. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>